Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 vaccine show. I'm excited to welcome to the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, how are you? And uh, I'm ready to discuss some interesting things regarding the vaccine, as this vaccine show is the show to give us updates of what's going on with the vaccine. That's awesome. I appreciate it. All right, so we're hearing from many different resources now that sources now that the vaccine is not effective in stopping the spread of the virus. Why is that? You know, um, I was just talking to a lady a minute ago or about 15 minutes ago. And I was explaining to her that when that virus gets on your alveolus, which is very thin, and that's a muco that is really a mucosal response. And the only way to get a mucosal defense is to have mucosal exposure and uh, intestinal exposure is by far the best method of developing a robust immune defense. So when it gets down to the intestines, our intestines are not just absorbing food that we eat, the proteins, uh, they are actually processing all these antigens. They're a critical part of our immune system and they're the most important part of creating pulmonary defense for, for lung uh, I, IgA. And that is really not talked about by the big pharma companies right. because they specialize in shots. And, and they talk about serum, bloodstream, IgG, IgM, and IgA, but they never talk about measuring a mucosal response. And in fact, in, throughout the entire world, we don't, have, we don't have any of the big pharma companies or the CDC or the WHO measuring the effect of the vaccines on the mucosal response. And that, that's been to their neglect. And, and so what they do is they wait till they actually have people failing they get the vaccine, then they go out and they still find their PCR, their, their, their COVID positive on their mouth because it's coming out of their chest into their mouth and they may not have it in their bloodstream, but you spread it because it's on the surface of your lungs and that is, and your lungs vibrate and it and goes as an invisible aerosol. So at any rate. So, so listening to you, when they say the, the new news coming out, that it still is transmissible, meaning the person who gets the vaccine will not get COVID-19, but they still could be passing it on to somebody else. That's, exa that's exactly right. And if you look at the data that Pfizer had, or really that Moderna claims, Moderna never claimed it read the fine print. Moderna, Pfizer, they never claimed that they stopped the transmission of it. They really only claimed that they might reduce the severity or the number of deaths after about a month. And that was not in all age groups. They didn't even test in high risk age groups. So, you know, there might be, so they really, they, they use people in media to promote a hype that the vaccines, just wait till the vaccines are here, then everything will be better. Uh, then, then that's not the case. Okay, that's it, it's there are some wonderful vaccines and, you know, I'm not a vaccine negative person. Okay, I don't hate vaccines, but they have their place in their role. Um, Altimmune makes a nasal spray designed to stimulate a mucosal response. I think Altimmune is a wonderful product. Uh, Vaxart 
But, you know, Altamune's still in the clinical stages. It's not approved for F by the FDA. They hadn't even, they should be rushing to Altamune and get Altamune out along with these other vaccines. They hadn't done that. Okay, then you look at, um, you look at Vaxart. Uh, Vaxart, I actually bought, full disclosure, I bought a few hundred shares of Vaxart. And Vaxart really should have been, they came on the scene after I presented to Operation, I didn't ever present, I, I sent my ideas to Operation Warp Speed, but they never invited me. They invited uh, the people that got the, the government attention were the, the big players that had a lot of connections up at the CDC and they're selling billions of dollars and they've made billions of dollars this year. So, uh, you know, COVID was very productive for the big pharma companies, but big pharma did not come through with a mucosal response. And that, that's, that's defense for the common man. That did not happen. And, and big pharma, whether it's in this country or in other broad companies, they never developed a method of developing mucosal defense, lung defense using intestinal immunity. And that's what we did with inoculation. So, you know, the irony is, is that of the billions and tens of billions of spent this year on vaccines, the most effective ones were the simplest inoculation. And yet they still don't, they don't want to admit their failures because it's all about the relationship between government and big pharma. And that's, that's sad. Your own immune system is a wonderful thing and you have to work with the immune system that you've got. And, and that's where solutions are. Agree. And, and I absolutely agree with you, uh, Dr. Mark, but let's jump to really this vaccine. People want to listen to it. They're going to get the COVID-19 vaccine right now, Dr. Mark, the step where there's going to be step one in the process and step one in the process of the COVID-19 vaccine is to get the first shot. Explain a little bit more of that scientific process of the two times they get injected to the vaccine and what the first uh, injection is versus the second. Okay, sure. You know, when, when you get a shot into your bloodstream, it's very much like having a, your body doesn't recognize it as an invader because it's never seen it before. So it really doesn't have a, reaction much to it. So most of the people who get their first shot of either uh, adenovirus over in Europe and Asia, or else they're going to get a Pfizer and Moderna, which is the messenger RNA vaccines, most people should not expect a major severe reaction to, to uh, messenger RNA. For most people, it will be totally asymptomatic. And, you know, that's, that doesn't sound like a vaccine negative. However, once your body begins to recognize that there are negative, that what is floating in their bloodstream is negative, is bad, then when they get that second round of shots, you're going to start hearing a, more, a lot more about people that pass out, they, they, they collapse, they, uh, they may have much more higher fever, they may have much more local tenderness. And when that type of news spreads, then people will say, I don't want my second shot. Does that make sense? Because they'll be afraid of that second shot if they hear their, their best buddy had it and he didn't do so well. 
they'll, they'll become afraid of the second shot. Now, here's the other thing going on. Right now in the community, there's at least, what, 10, 20 million cases reported in the United States, probably two to three or four or five that. There may have been up to 60 to 80 million exposures in the U.S. of the SARS-CoV-2. And some people may recognize that as a invader with the first shot. So that, that the degree of hypersensitivity increases on repetitive exposures. And that is a major difference between intramuscular shots and oral exposure. Let me explain this to you. I have eaten SARS-CoV-2 virus on at least four or five occasions. And in fact, I, ate, I think I ate some last week. I, now I get gassy, a little bit of gas, but I don't ever have hypersensitivity reactions to it. If you ask any of your listeners, can you take five rounds of Moderna or five rounds of any of the vaccines? The chant odds are no, they can't because they will develop a hypersensitivity reaction to it if they keep taking it repetitive courses of it. That is not necessarily true of the intestinal system, the mucosal defense. It's very much like this, and this is like how I'd like to explain it to you. Let's say I eat corn, and I was in a little tribe where all we ate was corn, and there's a particular virus on the corn. And that first time I ate that corn, that virus bothered my stomach. I can't, I didn't know there was virus on the corn. Hey, three weeks later, I can eat the corn and my antibodies bind to the virus that are produced by my intestinal tract and I don't get sick. So I can eat that corn after three weeks and keep on eating it on and on and on and on. That has been going on for thousands of years. Intestinal immunity does not cause hypersensitivity. It's designed to tolerate viruses in our community without making us sick. COVID is going to be in our community. We don't want to get hypersensitive to it. We just want to learn to live with it. Does that, does that make sense to you? I don't want to have I don't want to have a hypersensitivity reaction every time I walk by somebody who's, who might be breathing or coughing or might eat, they might breathe on my food. I want to learn to live. That virus is going to be in the environment. I don't want to learn to live with it. And so it doesn't cause me problems. And that is what intestinal immunity is all about. Exactly. So after you get the second dose, the first dose does nothing, right? Or is it why? In the vast, in the majority of people, they should not expect, but they can't expect the first shot to compare to the second. The second shot is, is likely to have much more local reactions, much more incidence of fever, chills, body aches, and local tissue reactions. And they may have much more body aches. So you don't really start to get into side effects until you got multiple multiple shots. That's why they limited the shots to about two. If they kept giving those shots to people, they might be all need ICU after about the fourth or fifth shot. The number of people would keep, the number of people that were hypersensitive to it would just keep getting higher and higher and higher. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And so, okay, so how many weeks after do you get the second shot? You know, for Pfizer's got a program. I think Pfizer says 21 days after, and Moderna, I think, is different, 28 days. And I think Pfizer said that seven days after the 
after the uh, second shot, which would be almost 28 days after the first shot, there may, and I want to say M-A-Y, may, not will, but may be reduced symptoms. May be reduced symptoms. Doesn't say anything, didn't didn't promise reduced transmissibility. And in fact, they tell people now, got to keep on wearing the mask, mask up, mask up, mask up. Uh, Same old, same old. And, and here's what we know. Pfizer claims no changes in ability, but know that when you get actual infections, that you are not transmissible within 10 days after your first symptom. That is never claimed. Any vaccine out there. There's not one vaccine on planet Earth that says 10 days after your first vaccine shot or 14 days, or 21 days, you are not transmissible. There's not one vaccine even making that claim because those claims would be false. So after the two, uh, so after you get the first shot, you still can get COVID, it sounds like. Yes, a lot of those people will have COVID on their mouth and say, if it's still transmissible, have you stopped the circulation of that virus through the community? No, you haven't. No, but what about after the second shot's done? And you know, even after the second shot. So, so let's say you never, you're, you're not COVID nineteen positive. Okay, let's say will you be protected? You will probably, and I say probably, reduce your symptoms after about a week to two weeks after the second shot. Probably. That's probable. That doesn't mean that you would not transmit it. And if you're still transmitting it, it's still flowing through the community. It's still mutating. You find me? It's it's the you're not going to quote defeat the virus when transmissibility keeps going through. You can get it on you know. So there you go. Okay, so I'm 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 getting this and understanding. So what I the, I think you're under you're you're answering my question, but I still have a little bit more. Yes. So. After, let's just say you are not COVID-19 positive, you hit, you get your two shots. Now, can someone else transmit the virus to you after the two shots? Absolutely. And here's what would happen. Let me tell you what would happen. You've had, let's say you've never had any, and I mean any, none, no exposure, no immune defense, no mucosal defense. So you're in, a, in somebody comes by and they're talking and singing and they vibrate it up into the air and you inhale it into your lungs. It's gonna be there on your lungs, okay? Then it's gonna multiply on the surface of your lungs. And then you go see your grandma or your brother or your sister or your, who, your best friend. You are then gonna transmit it to them. Now here's the, let me hit, tell you the caveat. This is in somebody who's vaccinated. They're still spreaders. Then, that keeps growing in their lungs and then it starts to get in their bloodstream. Once it hits their bloodstream, their serum immunity kicks in and it stops and they already have these antibodies, serum antibodies, so it will not grow as far and it will not be as bad and they will have reduced symptoms. But remember, they spread in the asymptomatic phase. So even though you reduce symptoms, it doesn't mean you don't have an asymptomatic spread while it's still on the surface of your lungs. So they're out there spreading to everybody, even though they've had vaccines. 
but they at least will not be hospitalized. So it's almost a prophylactic versus a vaccine. Yeah. I mean, yes, it, it doesn't provide them a defense from not spreading to others. And remember, one of the things we did is we always look to vaccines to stop the spread of illnesses, correct? That's what, hey, guess correct, what? Correct, correct. So like you get the measles, yes. mom, rubella, yeah. you get the flu shot, you're not supposed, you're, 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 you're taking it so that you don't spread it to other yeah. people. Yeah, the reason we had polio shots and the reason we had mumps and measles was that we wouldn't spread to other people who had never had it, correct? I mean, right. Yes. Hey, guess what? You get you get the COVID shots. You're still spreadable. Okay. Does that does that make sense? You're still going to be spreading it because it that is a that is it's spread during the mucosal phase. I don't spread it by taking my blood serum out and sticking it in other people. I spread it when it's growing on the it, surface of absolutely. my lungs and it's vibrating. Usually when I'm totally without symptoms. Okay. All right. So let's go to the last part. The last part of this is you get the second shot. When do you need to get the vaccine again after that? You know, after the second shot. That's correct. I think that most of the programs only have about two shots. And if you look across the board. Two shots for a lifetime. What's that? Two shots for a lifetime. Yes, because you're becoming hypersensitive to that product. If. Let's say you just wanted to go down. They didn't even experiment on monkeys to see how many series of shots. You know, here's what would be. Hey, let's say you and me, uh, virology. And we say, we want to toxic this stuff really. So every three weeks, we give the monkeys a new, one of the repeat vaccines. The more we give it to the vaccine monkeys, the, the second shot is bad. The third shot is worse. The fourth shot is worse than the third. The fifth shot is going to be more hypersensitive than the fourth. Do you see how what happens? Those studies weren't done. Because if they were done that and published, people would say, I don't want to get. Why would I want it? They would have to know about long-term toxicity. And they, do, they don't want to teach people about their own immune systems. They want you to be stupid and trust them. And that is not the way that is that's not the way to uh, trust trust the people that want to make billions of dollars from you it's not smart advice agree that's, you, yeah. you absolutely have hit it so okay so okay so and then so they're going to find out later but honestly dr mark i honestly believe this was a process to change our political system all over the world and that I think that this virus will be like H1N1 or the swine flu and just really not be discussed probably by a certain amount of time, especially in the United States, because we have to make President-elect Biden look like he is the savior. Well, you know, one of the things that we're, I'm going to try to do is my family, my wife on her choice, and my son, all of which are adults, all of which who understand these issues, all of us work around SARS-CoV-2 COVID patients. I saw a COVID patient this morning who was red hot on a rapid test. And I, I asked her to breathe in my face, take off her mask. She was wearing one of these masks that don't work. I, I don't wear a mask around her. 
I hadn't worn a mask around him in six months. You don't see anybody at Pfizer, Moderna, Big Pharma, CDC, nobody can claim immunity like that, the type of immunity that I demonstrate every day. They don't have that confidence. I do. And one of the things I want to do, hopefully, if God wills, before the end of this, before the end of this day, is to take a picture of me and my wife and my son, all swallowing SARS-CoV-2. We're not afraid. We know these things. And guess what? Even though we work in a, a clinic, we've never had it. And here's what's funny, Neil. I've never spread it to anybody else because I exposed my own intestines. It was never growing on my lungs. I, my lungs never spread it to anybody else. I developed an immunity from my intestine that defended my lungs before my lungs could, before it could grow on my lungs and spread to others. Is that not better than anything the CDC ever came up with? And that proposal was to uh, Operation Warp Speed back in May. Guess what? The people who get funded, big political connections, big dollars. And, you know, there are some good ideas out there. Uh, Vaxart is a great idea, Ultimune. I'm not against all the great pharma. But in our society, in Western culture, it's not the great ideas that succeed. It's the ideas that make money. And what we have is the best vaccines that can make money. And we have the solutions that will make money for those in power. And what we have is a system that the average person is getting poorer and poorer. Hey, and, and the solutions, which could be simple, that could help them, they're not being used. We need to ask our people, you know, if you go to antivirus air or digestivecovid.com, you'll see that these solutions have been out there months and months and months. And yet they're not getting the interest because to control interest, you have to have independent media, me and you. And you have to have consumers that are educated. You know, that's how we educate ourselves instead of, oh, just, just trust me, it's all too complicated for y'all. It's not too complicated for you. Uh, if there's one thing that I want you to leave this, this new year with, know that your intestinal tract is not just for absorbing protein. It's a huge part of your immune system. Know that your life has a purpose. And I'm, I'm that Wynn was not with us today to close out this final episode. But you know, it is, it's critical to realize that God gave us a wonderful, wonderful immune system. We have to learn to use it to protect ourselves. And we, and the people in charge, they need to put themselves in harm's way to get answers. This idea that the CDC is going to say, you know, we've had this virus nine or 10 months. There's lots we don't know about it. There's not one person in the entire federal government, CDC, Homeland Security, military, that has put themselves in harm's way to learn more. Show me one. There's something wrong with that. If you really care about the people you, you, you lead, and I'm talking to physicians in India, around the world, if you're a physician in your community, your duty is to your patients, to your community. You put yourself as on the cutting edge. You learn so that you can help your patients, so you can help your family. 
Those are basic principles that all physicians should abide by. And instead, what we've had is all power gets centralized to the central government and they get to decide what's good for people. That's, that's not the solution. Your local physicians should be free to learn as much as they want about COVID. And they should be making the, the recommendations to their community, not the CDC, not the FDA, not big pharma, not big media. Your local physician that you have a relationship with should be the one you turn to for help. That's the way it's been in our societies. And hey, we as physicians are not to be controlled by big pharma, big media, big government, FDA or CDC. Now, you know, it's true, I got licenses. So I have to watch out my tone. I, I am not recommending, and this is my disclaimer, you, nobody should do anything without talking to their medical doctor. But no medical doctor should do anything without it being appropriate for himself and his family. You can actually try these inoculation principles on influenza. And once you try them on flu and they work, you'll know that they work on SARS-CoV-2 as well. I've already done it with influenza. And so when I see, when, I, when my, my daughter had flu, I've taken it orally. You can apply these same inoculation principles on many viruses that are both respiratory and GI. So right. there is hope. There is hope for the coming year. There, there's definitely. Yeah. All right. So go um, appreciate it. A great COVID-19 vaccine show. And we'll talk in the new year. Okay. Hey, hey, Neil, I appreciate your show and keep on getting that message out there. You know, oh, yeah. we don't get, we don't you have get a great fun. podcast. Dr. Mark that again is, is now uh, also located uh, as syndicated on the Gratitude Radio Network as a, his own show too. So you keep growing each and every day and we're going to continue to d dominate these airwaves and build things up and grow them even further. So thanks for coming by. Hey, Neil, thank you. And, and, and I tell when I missed him today. Great All right. guy. I love working with him. All right. Okay, guys. Happy New Year. Take care. Bye-bye.